Welcome to the Manifesting Clarity Podcast, where we work together to help you receive the answers to your big what's next question. Hi, I'm your host, Jen Roth. I'm excited to share how my journey of building a business as a massage therapist and herbalist has led me to my biggest passion, clarity coaching. My deepest desire is to help you create a life you absolutely love. So with each episode, I'll bring you firsthand stories and proven methods from industry leaders who have faced challenging decisions and stepped into their power to unlock a life of their dreams. It's my intention to bring you inspiration and answers so you can navigate your life's next big step. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so thrilled to be here today with a dear friend, Sabrina. She has been such a beautiful light and remarkable entrepreneur. I was thinking of you today and our journey and how I got to meet you and and how I saw you because I feel like I've known you much, much longer than your husband and also now getting to work with him too and see him in his journey. But you have just this solid authenticity and grounded you are so professional and have this authority figure energy that walks through the door with you. And I know one of the things that we talk about in Clarity a lot is presence and how we look and how we show up and the energy that we bring with us. And you've always been one of those really bright, bright lights, as well as like solid, just like super rooted in the world and knowing what you're up to and and moving mountains in the world of real estate and many other things, finance numbers, all kinds of stuff. I just want to say thank you for being here. I can't wait for everyone to get to know you and hear a bit about your journey and see how they might be able to work with you. Well, thank you, Jen. Likewise, I'm honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Um, My name is Sabrina Kalman and it's it's sometimes it's hard to know where to start with the whole thing. But right now I'm a, a short term at this point in my life, I'm a short term rental expert and guide. And um, I think we'll talk about kind of what led me in that direction as this interview goes on. And really, I I truly believe in real estate as a means to help people achieve their lifetime goals and their dreams and achieve sort of the time freedom that they're looking for and the financial freedom that they might be looking for. And really, that is what led me to short-term rentals and um, to guiding people in their real estate investments. Not just, you know, short-term rental is is where my expertise, it's where my passion is, but real estate of all means, really, in helping people do that. Gosh, it's so fun. I have so many curiosities and we actually, you've been such a beautiful mentor and guide for me and questions and curiosities around short-term rentals and property in general. I know you've helped many, many, many people in this journey. So let's rewind the tape a bit and um, take us back to kind of who were you when you started out in this world of, of work and what did you think was going to light you up and... Where did you where did you start? Where did this this journey start for you? Yeah, you know, I actually I think I feel like I started from kind of an interesting place because I had never really learned or even thought about the concept of following what like truly lit me up until much much later in life. If you ask me if I when I was a child, 
I would have told you I would be a writer or an artist or something along those lines. And that just wasn't sort of the path that was that I was encouraged to follow. And so, you know, at, at some point in time in my college career, I decided to go into the field of finance thinking, well, that's a great, you know, that's a great place to go. You know, I'm, I'm good at math and finance, it, you can make a good living doing that. And that's, that's what I'll do. So, um, you know, that's kind of the route that I ended up taking. And I am quite a perfectionist in a lot of ways. So, you know, if I'm doing finance, I'm going to do finance, and I'm going to do it really well. And with that, I found a little bit of, I think, notoriety within the finance department there at CU Boulder. And um, when investment banks came to the school looking for people, I was one of the people recommended to work at um, one of the investment banks here in Denver. And for those of you who are not in the finance industry, um, investment banking is kind of the, it's the coveted position of every finance student out there. Most of the investment banks are, you know, they're in New York, you work a ton of hours, you make a ton of money, that sort of thing. And to find an investment bank in Denver to work for, which was really what I wanted to do, it was really a blessing. And it was really something that a lot of people would have been just really excited uh, to be able to do. And I, I too was excited to be able to do that, but I got into that field and I really quickly realized that it wasn't the field that I wanted to be in. Um, I looked at the people who were working ahead of me. I looked at, you know, my bosses and I saw that they were away from their families all the time. They were traveling all the time. They were working all the time. The industry was such that you made your way and you would show up at 7 a.m. and you would leave at 11 p.m. And that was easy because I was in Denver, New York, it's much harder. Uh, and that's just kind of the industry that I was in. And I realized I really did not love that. And I did not thrive there at all. 9-11 came around and I was let go from that position. And I took that moment, I like to call it my quarter life crisis to <laughs> just take some time. And I, you know, took some time off of working. I had, I went and I got certified to teach yoga. I went to the Bahamas for four weeks to do that, which was awesome. Lived in a tent outside, did yoga outside. We cooked, we ate, we did everything basically outdoors on the island. And um, that was a lot of fun. But in the meantime, I was like sort of cooking up things in the back of my mind and, and thinking, well, what's my next? What's the next thing I'm going to do? And I had always been interested in real estate, always believed in it. And at that time, I was starting to read. I, you know, at night in my tent, I would read real estate books. And the plan was to come back and teach some yoga classes and start investing in real estate. I had had some money saved up at that time. And um, I was just going to go for it. And so, you know, essentially, that's, that's what I did. I, I was very young, I'd never owned a home on my own. And I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, be a real estate investor now. And so I learned some hard lessons over that time, I did a couple of deals that were successful. Um, I had one investment that was, it could have been worse, but it could have been better, um, where I had it, I purchased it, and I rented it out on a rent to own basis. I was pretty naive, you know, I didn't know a lot about 
the risks of being a landlord, what the responsibilities of being a landlord were. I had gotten tenants into the home without background check, without security deposit, without anything. And I got really lucky. My first set of tenants, they were a decent set of tenants. They paid rent, they left. And I moved in a new tenant kind of under almost under those same presidents. This time I got a little bit smarter. I did a background check, but I didn't really understand how to read that background check. And there were definitely some red flags in there that, you know, this person probably should have been denied as a tenant. And um, he did put down a deposit. I had rented it out on a rent to own basis to this person. And so I thought I was really smart because I was like, oh, it's rent to own. He's going to eventually buy this property. I'm not responsible for maintaining this home at all. He will do all of those things because he's going to buy the home. You know, that was one thing where I really had gone wrong <laughs> um, with the understanding of the responsibilities of being a landlord and an investor. And um, of course, someone who's renting your property who may or may not buy it is not going to be putting any money into maintaining it. Anyway, the long and short of the story is, is this, this person eventually had to be evicted. When I got him out of the home, the home was left in awful, awful shape. And so I went through um, sort of the um, humbling experience of borrowing some money from my parents to rehab the home, get it ready and sell it. And I happened to get very, very lucky because at this point in time, it was right before the crash in 2008. I had gone back to work during this time when I was real estate and doing real estate investing. I had realized that I didn't have enough experience. I didn't have enough money to really make the living off of real estate investing that I wanted to. It was kind of heartbreaking at that time when I went back to work because I felt like I'd learned enough that now I could really do it. But it was sort of to the point where I needed I needed to uh, kind of get my life together and and uh, earn a living again. Um, and so I did end up going back into investment banking and I was working in mortgage-backed securities. And so 2008 was coming along and um, we were starting to see the writing on the wall before you know the rest of the world was. And so I kind of had an idea that if I'm going to sell this property, I better do it now and I better do it fast. And so I I got lucky with that knowledge. I sold it. I sold it quickly. And I basically made a break even on that property. But with that, it was a huge lesson for me that I kind of took with me and um, had, you know, had I had someone to guide me through that process it would have been a much more successful outcome. And so I ended up working in the investment, you know, mortgage-backed securities, um, moved into the commercial banking side where we were doing bank mergers and acquisitions. I ended up working at that company for eight years. And once again, you know, it's a lifestyle where I was traveling quite a lot. I would get a call on Friday night. I'd be on a plane on Saturday to start working on Sunday or Monday. And I knew it was not something that I wanted long-term in my life. And so I had sort of started exploring. And at this point in time, I'd met Jen and I'd met Kathy with Clarity. You know, I'd sort of learned about this concept of following your lights and following what excited you and following what you really wanted to do. And so I started exploring that. You know, I knew that I really enjoyed being an entrepreneur. I'd learned that when I was, you know, after I came back from the Bahamas and I was being a real estate investor and I loved the time freedom of that. I loved 
sort of being able to control my own outcomes. And I remember when I went back to work, I was like, working's really getting in the way of my life. I don't like this. <laughs> I can't make appointments when I want to. I, I'm stuck here from certain hours of the day and I'm just not into this. But anyway, I stuck with that for eight years. And um, But I, I came back to it. I said, you know, I was really happy when I was an entrepreneur. And, and I said, but I don't have any idea what I'd, what I'd want to do as a business. Um, and so I started just talking to other entrepreneurs. I kind of went on a mission and I did a bunch of interviews um, with business owners and kind of got to learn, like, how did you find out what you wanted to do? You know, how did you get into it? What advice do you have for me? You know, and, and I'm in my 30s at this point in time. And so this is where I am and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. So and eventually, you know, I one of the guys that I'd met, he said, hey, if you ever want to do a business venture, call me because I will invest in it. At some point in time, I remembered my experience as that first time landlord. And my husband and I had bought a new house. We were going to be, we're going to, we were going to rent out our old house. I had started calling around to property management companies and I just wasn't having a a great experience. You know, no one was willing to to give me advice unless I was, you know, signing a contract with them right away. I was having a hard time getting basic questions answered, things like that, and I just thought there is a there's an opportunity in the market here for people like me who who need a good property manager. At that point in time it was 2014 or 2013, I decided to start my own property management business. Most property managers are licensed real estate investors. I wasn't. And so I, I, and I called this guy up and he, he fully backed me. He's like, I think this is a great idea. He was interested in investing in real estate. And he thought, gosh, if we're doing property management, we'll have a lot of opportunities to buy properties or, you know, just the whole network that goes with it is a great opportunity for him. You know, this man was was kind enough to take me under his wing and he gave me, you know, a, a small salary while I got my real estate license and I got this company started up. And, you know, I kind of had to finagle around things because you do have to be a managing broker in order to have the proper trust accounts you need to be a property manager. So there were like a lot of logistical issues that I that I managed to work around and kind of creative, but legal ways. And I had a lot of people who really helped me out along the way. And eventually this this person who had invested in me, he he got a little bit nervous and decided that maybe real estate was property management was a little bit too much of a liability for him and his business because, you know, at some point in time you're dealing with, you know, possible evictions and things like that. And, you know, and it just wasn't the synergy that he thought it was going to be with his his current business. He was actually manufacturer. So he would manufacture like medical, medical grade equipment and boxes and all kinds of things, but it, there was no synergy there. So um, we very amicably parted ways and I'm still forever grateful to this person for sort of taking me under his wing. You know, I, I built a property management business in, in six years and I built it um, based on referrals and just talking to people and getting my name out there and getting to know real estate agents and the real estate agents would refer me out. And, you know, I feel like I ran a tight ship. I did a really good job, but 
at some point in time, I realized that I'd worked myself into, into, into a job that was just as time consuming and stressful as investment banking was. And I also, you know, I realized that, you know, at some point in time, I'd worked myself up to 100 doors that I was managing. And at 100 doors, you can outsource a lot of the help, but you're outsourcing to third parties and you don't have a lot of control over the quality. And what I realized was that I need to get myself to double or triple this number of doors before I can train people to do the work appropriately and step outside of this business. And I had to kind of look at things and ask myself, like, how do I feel about this? Do I really want to do this? Is this direction that I want to go in? And ultimately, you know, I built a good business, but I'm not the right personality fit for a property manager. You know, a great property manager, I always like to refer to them as kind of a real estate robot. They do things by the book. You know, they, someone calls, this is the protocol, this is what you do. And I'm not a good real estate robot. And so like, if somebody has an issue late at night and it's a safety issue, like for instance, we had a carbon monoxide detector going off in one of the properties at night and the the tenant was pregnant as well. And the third party emergency services um, company that I'd outsourced, I just happened to be on my computer. I happened to see what's going on. They reacted to the whole situation very poorly. And for me, it's, I would be very, very upset if something had gone wrong in that situation. Whereas, you know, a good property manager, they just go through that protocol. They do what they're supposed to do. A tenant is supposed to know that if a carbon monoxide detector is going off, they are supposed to leave the property. They call their renter's insurance to cover the cost of a hotel or whatever. But, you know, for me, it's just hard for me to operate that way. And I realized that I was never going to let that go. So it was time, you know, I knew it was, that's not what I wanted to do. And, um, I ended up selling that business and um, I sold that business right right in the middle of the pandemic. Actually, I started the process of putting, I used a business broker. I put that business up for sale um, in February before pandemic in 2020. There's a lot of frothiness in the property management market and a lot of consolidation. So there was a lot of demand for a property management business, especially one like mine. I had sort of focused on higher end areas and good neighborhoods and high quality tenants. And so um, I had no problem selling that business even through the pandemic. And I got very lucky in that I sold that and wiped my hands clean. I, I didn't have to be involved in the business afterwards. I sold to an experienced property manager and um, there were no stipulations or clawbacks or anything like that. So I got super, super lucky. Congratulations. And thank you. Yeah. So much brilliance. As far as like, I just love how you, even though majority of us, right, enter into this world having not not an internal knowing and or guidance to follow our light and to really do what totally lights us up, especially if there's art involved somehow or this more creative sense. And even though you followed breadcrumbs and went one after the other, there was this, there's this beautiful 
piece of you who is really this explorer and loves to get creative in what you're doing and really take a look at, is this lighting me up or not lighting me up now that you cross paths with clarity and, and got to incorporate that with that was 11 ish or so years ago, maybe possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think 20, 2012 is when I did my first workshop. So fun. So Yeah. yeah. And, and to truly build, I mean, like one, I feel like how, what's the statistic on numbers is as far as like, is it half of businesses I think fail in the first year or something like that. And then it just keeps going. So to do that yeah, in yeah. six years, build something, sell it successfully, do it during a pandemic. I mean, that is just really, really, really takes a lot of guts and a lot of determination and clarity as far as what you do want and, and where you're willing to pivot again and not 100% be clear on what it is that you might be doing moving forward. But this thread of excitement around real estate and knowing and I'm even noticing that this mentorship, right? Like if I would have had this during this period of time, that would have been so phenomenal. And I personally am such a different or a similar person in regards to, I love collaborating with others. And then you have this attraction model too, of this investor and person that saw you and believed in you and wanted to be able to, to support you until they figured that that wasn't aligned with what they're doing as well. So so much flow in your world. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a, you kind of put it in perspective for me a little bit, you know, it, it, it doesn't seem like, like such a big deal. It's just kind of like my, my, my journey, but uh, yeah, but that was very exciting um, to sell that business. And it was really, you know, my goal was to spend uh, more time with my daughter who was born right before I started that property management business. And I had a lot of, you know, guilt, just always working and, you know, not being able to spend the time with her and pay attention to her. So we had a little, you know, celebration and we spent pandemic stuck at home, you know, together. And it was perfect. It was it was absolute perfect timing to be able to do that with my with my daughter. Um, So I'm really grateful for that time. Yeah, so special. And it's also incredible to me. I I don't know how many entrepreneurs get to knock it out of the park and have some amazing system to follow or this internal GPS system that's creating flow and understanding as to what it takes in order to make it happen. But I, I'm so curious how many entrepreneurs would say that they worked themselves into another job, right? And how often are we working more than we would be working for this time freedom and this flexibility. I mean, we do have freedom. We do have flexibility. We do have a lot of choice in what it is that we're doing. And I don't know that we ever shut down as far as the business and the thought process. So you're pivoting from releasing this business, celebrating, getting time to finally spend a little bit more time with your daughter. And what are you, what did you choose to do at that, at that moment? Yeah, so I kind of knew where I was going when I decided to sell the business because I had my my business really started growing, you know, kind of a couple of years after I started it, 2015. And that was also the time that Airbnb started becoming really popular. And so I was getting a lot of questions from the investors that I was working with, the real estate agents that I was working with 
what if I what if I make this a short term rental? Is this better? And and you know back in back in 2015, and I think it's some it's still sort of the perception with short term rental is that you just make money hand over fist, like compared to long term rental, and it's you know it's just like you know such a lucrative way to go, and it's guaranteed lots of money. Basically, it's kind of like the get rich quick. And so I was getting a ton, I was just getting a lot of questions about that. And, you know, me being kind of the curious person that I am thought, well, gosh, it's, it's my responsibility to learn about this so I can, so I can teach people about this. And so I actually have a little carriage house on the back of my home that was being long-term rented. We hadn't done anything, you know, we had kept the renter in place and um, we bought it with the renter in place and kind of kept it like that for a few years, but I definitely had an itch to remodel that little carriage house and um, it it became time. And so we remodeled the carriage house. And when I put it back on the market, said, I'm, I'm going to do Airbnb. You know, I didn't just do like monthly furnished rentals. I went full on short-term Airbnb. You know, like I said before, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and I'm curious. And so I wasn't just going to throw something up on Airbnb and see how it went. You know, I was, I was going to figure out what the secret to success was with Airbnb. And um, so that's what I did, you know, with our carriage house. And I really fell in love with it. Also, at the same time, was seeing a real need in the market for shorter term stays here in Denver. So I had picked up a couple of rentals that I was renting out monthly furnished. And I started throwing up those properties on Airbnb as well. And I quickly realized that I'm able to get my clients a lot more money through Airbnb than through the traditional means. And so it it just kind of grew upon itself. And I really saw a value in um, the short-term rental market, a need for it, and was sort of in on I mean, there's a lot of people who were on the really, really beginning, you know, I think Airbnb started in 2005 or something like that. You know, 2015 is when it started to get popular, but I was at at the beginning of that popularity. And so, you know, I was doing it. I started teaching classes about it as well. I would teach, um, I partnered with uh, another lady here in Denver who was an insurance agent at the time. And Um, We started teaching Airbnb classes and the classes had so much interest. And I thought it was really important because a lot of real estate agents needed to know the information to guide their clients with. And I think one of some of the more important things with regards to Airbnb is that you're not guaranteed to make more money through Airbnb than you are through a long-term rental. It really does depend on the location. It depends on the property. It depends on your personality and whether or not a short-term rental is a good fit for you. Short-term rental is is a really up and down market. Anyone who tells you it's a passive investment is not telling the full truth, I should say. Um, It can be a more passive investment, but that's only if you hire someone out to take care of it for you. And so you know, for me, I felt like it was really important to get this information out to realtors. And then over the last couple of years, really starting in 2017, rules and regulations um, in different municipalities have changed and continue to change over time. And it's really, really important that people are aware of how these rules and regulations can affect them and their businesses. And um, real estate agents need to educate their clients about that. And so, you know, I really 
just enjoyed that aspect of teaching and educating people. And then just, you know, that combined with a real love for short-term rental, you know, there's just so many fun things about it. You know, you get to explore your creative side with the decor in the property and, um, you know, making sure it's beautiful and pictures and things like that. You get to explore your caring side, your hospitality side, because you're taking care of clients and it's fun to like think of fun ways to make them feel better and have a better experience. And then, you know, for me, I I have this whole finance side to me where I spent years building these expertise and that's a huge part of it as well. And I think that's the part of it that a lot of people who get interested in short-term rental, they might not have. I think a lot of people, either they're in it because they think they can get a lot of money really fast, or they're in it because they love the decor, the art, the hospitality side of it. And really, short-term rental is a combination of that art and that science. And I feel like I'm here to bridge that gap for people. And so that's kind of where I am now. You know, I, I help people get started with their Airbnb investments, you know, basically on, on the right foot to make sure, you know, they purchase the property correctly. After that, they get the furnishings and everything inside set up correctly. We get their listings set up in a way that it'll market well. But the real key to success with Airbnb is it's an ongoing art and a science and continuing to market and price that property and really understand that it's a it's a market that changes and it changes rapidly and you constantly staying on top of that in order to be successful. Yeah, it's been really fun in the recent months to hear that come to more and more light for you of what you're zoning in on now and and how much you're owning, I would say, your zone of genius in this finance piece, in this more like guiding people and supporting them. I know that for myself, numbers is not something that I sit down and go like, woohoo, I can't wait to get started on that first thing today. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, it gets pushed off to the side or is just a smaller portion of what it could be. And for people who maybe aren't entrepreneurs out in the world, becoming an entrepreneur for the first time, doing this Airbnb piece, that's a whole aspect that may or may not be in there. And you have this, just this beautiful thread, right? Of all of these different aspects of, of your history and education and learning that you get to pull forth in this aspect. And I remember a couple of things that have come to mind since you've been sharing and talking, which is one I'm very curious about. And so I say this to all of the listeners, as well as super curious how often this happens with you, or if you notice this too, Sabrina, but in the world, there's what, 7 billion of us or something, 8 billion of us, like a lot. <laughs> and we have a tendency to run into or bump into the same people over and over again, whether it be in a big city or on the globe somewhere. And we just had a, a situation happen this weekend, which was very interesting. My husband and I were on a, a trip into the mountains and we walked into the elevator and a girl that we went to high school with that was in my brother's grade, a grade below us is like Caverly, which is my maiden name. And I was blown away. Like I, I, one, I'm not sure that my memory quite like works like that. And then to put all the pieces <laughs> together, knew who my husband was. It was just so interesting and so much fun. But those are synchronicities that happen 
all the time, right? As we're putting one foot in front of the other and figuring out what it is that we want to do in this world, like who's showing up, what are the messages they're showing up with? And I share that story is I had met a woman in Denver and she was getting ready, I think, to do Airbnb with her space. And I don't know if you remember that or not, but I was walking out and you were walking into that exact same space, that same person. And we had no, like, there was no other correlation, I don't think, that we had with that. And you and I had been in Clarity Circle for years at that point and known each other in different ways. And to get to see you out in the world and bumping into um, you on the street, it's always just so special in my heart for those of us who I feel like are connected in a more synergistic way for whatever that reason is. And I look forward to having that continue to happen over the years. But one of those things that I really hope all of you listeners continue to pay attention to, like who's, who are you bumping into or seeing, or what, what are you noticing along the way that's helping you with this? And especially in this Airbnb market too, right? Of like navigating, is it a part, a portion of your house that you want to, you know, be renting out? Is it a carriage house? Is it a garage? Is it, I know we had friends that were super successful and lucrative when the regulations were very different here in Denver and rented out their entire bottom half of their, their house, um, main floor and did super well. And it's been just so intriguing to get to listen and pay attention and run numbers. And it's something that I look forward to doing in the future. So it'll be fun to have some projects with you. Yeah, definitely. No, I agree. And I do remember that time where we ran into each other and I was, I, I don't remember what the, yeah, if you were walking out or I was walking in, but I, I definitely remember that. And it's a big world and it, you know, even Denver is a relatively big city, but it can really feel like a small community. One of the gals I had, I, I was really lucky and I got invited to Airbnb corporate offices earlier, a couple of months ago, last year. One of the girls actually met her husband through Airbnb. He was a renter in one of her units. And uh, that's how they met. And now they're they're married and they're having a baby. So I just thought that was a fun, fun story about how small it can all be, even though we're in such a big world. Yeah. And how your um, expertise is being used in that way as well, right? So Airbnb, one of the, are you open to sharing the the reason or one of the reasons that you were invited there and how that oh, came yeah. about and what you're doing? Yeah. So one of the things that um, I do with Airbnb, I was lucky enough to get pulled into a pilot program with Airbnb. It's called the Airbnb Superhost Ambassador Program. Um, which I've been doing now for a couple of years. Um, but super host ambassadors are basically they are, you know, super hosts who have been in the business for a while. And Airbnb has invited certain people to be ambassadors and to help people get started with their listings. So they have an ask a super host program. So as you um if you're getting started, you log into Airbnb, you start your listing. One of the things that Airbnb will now ask you for is, do you want help from an expert super host? And a lot of times, you know, you click that button, you'll be connected to myself or someone like myself. Um, Airbnb does try to get people 
if they're, you know, if you're in California, they'll try to get you to someone in California, that sort of thing. So they try to get people to the right people. And then, you know, anyone who knows me personally, I have a link that I can share and and then we can get connected through that. But essentially, you know, through that Airbnb Superhost Ambassador link, I'm able to provide guidance to people as they build and create their listings. And so I get to share, you know, even if it's on a smaller level, you know, a little piece of my that knowledge and I get to watch people sort of through that journey of, you know, there's oftentimes it depends on the person, but oftentimes people are nervous or, you know, how should I do this or how should I do that sort of thing. And then after their listing is up and running, it's always nerve wracking. Oh, I have somebody asking to stay here, but you know, how do I know if they're a good guest and you know, what do I do? What questions do I ask? Things like that. So guiding people through that whole, whole process is what I'm able to do that through that super host program. And I, I, I think it's a, it's a super important thing that Airbnb has implemented, you know, being a super host ambassador, I was one of the first in that pilot program, I was invited to corporate offices to, you know, help them develop the program and go give feedback. And, you know, there were a bunch of us ambassadors there that were part of the beta program. And so it was just a ton of fun to see you know, Airbnb and their offices, and they are not your typical corporate office by any means. You know, they, they're each area of the office is modeled after different Airbnbs. You know, they serve healthy food in the cafeteria and each meal every day is modeled after different Airbnbs and different areas and things like that. So everything about the company where, you know, their philosophy is hospitality, everyone belongs. It's threaded throughout the corporation, right down to the people serving food in the cafeteria where they're super friendly, helpful, they make you feel welcome, you know, you'd think they were the happiest people in the world to be there, you know, taking your lunch tray. And so I was very impressed with Airbnb in that aspect. And it's just beautiful that that's radiated back to you because that's what you're doing for your clients and for everyone else in the world too, right? That when you're working with them or helping guide them through creating their own Airbnb experience that you're doing that on your own. And that's been a natural thing for you since the get go. So what a, what a gift that you get to, that they get to receive your energy and support in in that program too. So what are you focused on right now and how can people find you? And if they have questions about Airbnb, if they have questions about this whole idea of being able to do something, or maybe it's been percolating on their mind for a while and now they're ready and can hear that you would be the person to mentor them and or take them to the next level in this process? What what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think the best thing to do if anyone is uh, curious about Airbnb or they have a listing or a property that they're looking to start up and make it to an Airbnb, it's, you know, definitely feel free to get in touch with me and we can discuss what might be the best fit for you service-wise. But you know, all of my services are one-on-one from 45-minute strategy sessions to full-on like done for you. And then I teach you how to do everything that I do. Um, one thing I, I didn't mention is that um, I I co-host about 35 property, Airbnb properties. And I've learned to do that very efficiently with different automations and things like that without losing that hospitality piece of things because that is something that, you know, is a big part of being successful on Airbnb. The thing that I'm most proud of with these 35 properties is that I can see the numbers 
and I'm constantly evaluating the data and the properties that I'm working with and the clients that I guide, um, they tend to earn anywhere from 50 to 75% more than their peers with similar properties. And so if you're interested in doing Airbnb and you're interested in doing it at a level of professionalism where, you know, it's a business for you and you you really take full advantage of that income potential with Airbnb. I do a success blueprint where it's basically done for you. And then I teach you how to do it yourself program. And we can always talk about that, but you can contact me through my website and we can schedule a quick call. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Um, for those who are listening, will you um, share what your website is? And uh, and then we will also have it in all of the show notes. We'll have links and the ways that you can reach out to Sabrina and her social media channels and all that too. Yeah. So um, the website is bnbexcellent.com. So that's B as in boy, N as in Nancy, B as in boy, like Airbnb, and then excellent with the T.com. And then you can follow me on Instagram at Sabrina Knows Airbnb. What are you doing right now for personal growth and development? Is there a book that you are really into? Is there a course that you've recently learned about? What What is like keeping your juices flowing? For- yeah, great, great question. You know this because we've been talking about it in the Clarity Circle, but I have um, really gotten into this concept of the second brain. And there's a book called The Second Brain by Tiago Forte. And uh, really the idea is we all have so much information coming at us these days that our one human brain isn't enough to hold everything that we need to hold. And it's about, you know, really finding ways to document and categorize and use all the information that comes at us in a way that's efficient without holding it all inside of our brain. So copious notes and then finding a way to make those notes actionable so that your brain stays nice and clear so that you can focus on really you know, where your passions are and and where your, you know, where your strengths lie. So that's the one I highly recommend. I love it. I love it. As soon as you mentioned it, I was like, oh, yes, please. And then I don't know, it's like quickly two or three other people mentioned it too. And I love when that comes into the field. It's like, okay, okay, I got it. It's a sign. (laughs) Yeah. And something I've been working on implementing over time, building businesses and systems and working myself out of birds and bees teas and being able to really rely on a team, which takes so much trust and really removing yourself and seeing where the pieces fall and what works and what doesn't work and who's ticking the boxes and who's not. So it's so helpful to have that as such a guide for really making sure that because as entrepreneurs, we have so many downloads that come through, right? Like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that, which is absolutely a whole nother aspect of what I really love about who you are and how you show up is that you took the time in your thirties. You took the time recently. I know you came in for a handful of years ago and had a conversation with me about what it looks like to sell on Amazon. Like you're just, your mind is super curious and that you're actually taking the time to ask questions and play in those fields without hundred percent diving into something, um, without doing research before you really get into it too. So I love that that's part of how you operate and what you're putting into the world. And when you're talking about a hundred doors and going from 200, from a hundred to 200 or 300, Is that really a system that I want to follow and something I want to be a part of? Or is there a different way for me to go be more efficient over in a different sandbox, right? Mm -hmm. 
So fun. Well, thank you so much for all of your time today and sharing all of these tidbits and all of this information. If you have any desire to be playing in real estate and or especially Airbnb and short-term rentals, long-term rentals, all of that, please, please, please reach out to Sabrina. I know you've helped me and so many others in this area. And it's, I don't know, for some reason it feels fun. So it's like one of those other arms that we can build for ourselves for a different revenue stream. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening in and have a beautiful day. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Manifesting Clarity. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others to find the show and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.